Hey, this is Sasha. Welcome to Dear Seekers, a bi-weekly podcast celebrating creative, conscious, and curious women in fashion, arts, and design. Before introducing today's guest, I'm so excited to crack open something we've been brewing. It's super delicious. On September 20th, we'll be hosting our first offline event called Buffet. It's an experimental and intimate gathering series hosted in beautiful homes to spark meaningful conversations. It has been such an honor for me to sit down with these inspiring women and have some soul-to-soul conversations. But instead of just me sharing their stories, I've been also longing for intimate and open space where you can join, share, listen, and connect with each other. You can find out more information on our website at dearseekers.com, and more details will be released leading to the event on September 20th. I remember going to Jonathan and Olivia and buying a white button-up shirt because I was like, okay, I have to look professional and kind of feminine, but not too feminine, not too masculine. So I bought a beautiful silk shirt and I wore a pair of jeans and just a nice pair of heels. I had my bag and I was meticulous about my laptop. You know, I brought my deck that I was going to show them, try and sell them on some of my work. And I remember walking in and being so nervous and just like sweaty palms. I went to the bathroom first to do like a lipstick check and make sure that all my hair and everything was in order. The first five to 10 minutes were so brutal because I was so nervous. And so I was just a bumbling fool and then kind of had this out of body experience because I was kind of watching myself pitch me to these clients. And it was such a surreal experience. This is Kayla Stangle, sharing her first nerve-wracking client pitch experience as a freelance art designer and director. After years of working for renowned creative agencies and as a successful freelancer, in 2017, Kayla joined forces with her two partners, Lindsay Durney and Kirsten Garthier, and opened a Toronto-based creative and production agency called Public Office. PO is a small agency that has been doing big things quietly. Working with clients from Roots Canada to Starbucks, they have been really busy. So how did Kayla get to where she is now? What lessons she has learned from being a freelancer? And as a creative, how she manages to seek out inspirations yet stays focused? We will chat about all these. It's a very cute neighborhood. What you're hearing is me walking to Kayla's home in Parkdale. It's a, such a beautiful day. Hi! Hi how are going? you? Good. good to see you. So good to see you. Oh my god, I have a dog! Yes, we have a dog. Oh my god! Oh my god! Wow, this is a very beautiful space. So I do this usually the rapid fire questions at the end of the interview, but today I'm going to do it a little bit differently, so okay. I'm going to do it at the beginning. Oh, you're really going to test my brain power. <laughs> do you have coffee this morning? I had coffee this morning, but I had a lot of wine last night, so this is oh. going to be really interesting. <laughs> I was trying to like contain myself and not drink too much wine, because yeah. Friday night is definitely totally. one night, and I said, no, tomorrow I have to interview, so yeah. I was like, I have to like have a like, very clear, conscious brain. <laughs> You've got a lot of self-control. But yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty fun. But yeah. now I'm feeling feeling it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, we take it slow and then Amazing. have some water. And so okay, rapid fire. You mm-hmm. don't have to be really rapid. I just call it rapid fire because I like the name of it. <laughs> I don't have a better name for it. That's why I call it rapid fire. It's a good name. So as rapid as you can be, but okay. definitely. But I can still be slow paced. Yes. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> Amazing. So this is a scenario is that robots or aliens are mm-hmm. taking over the world. Okay. And they have a mercy that every human on this planet can keep three memories of theirs. Mm-hmm. And after the brainwash process and every human being can only have these three memories they pick. Oh, interesting. So, three memories. I guess my three memories would be the day that I started the business. So the day that public office 
came to life or to fruition. What was a day like? Do you remember? I remember that day. It was kind of, it's a bit of a blur. There's sort of a few days that were in a cadence together. So coming and seeing the space, first of all, in the Artscape building. And it was sort of a desolate scene because we didn't have any of our stuff in there. But I remember that feeling of thinking like, I love this space so much mm-hmm. and seeing the potential, which was really great. Do you remember it was like sunny or like a raining day? Oh, it was beautifully sunny. Um, it was towards the beginning of September. So we got the space in August. And I just remember feeling this sense of excitement, just mm-hmm. really, really excited about. Was the space so unique that you feel like, okay, this is the memory I want to keep? Yeah, I think it was because it was sort of like, now I'm doing something that I've always been wanting to do. So it was just that real sense of accomplishment of we're going to do this. We're going to really try. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be one. Uh, another memory that I would keep with me is the memory of certain times in Los Angeles when I lived in L.A. I loved California so much. And there's this one moment when I was in California where I traveled to Palm Springs and I entered the Parker Palm Springs. Have you ever been there before? No. It's a really amazing hotel. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just because of my naivety, like being young and being in California for the first time and the excitement of living in California. How old were you at that time? I was 25, 24, 25. And walking into this like California hotel that was so beautifully designed, um, it gave me this incredible feeling. And it just, I think that was the moment that I remember that I wanted to come back to Toronto and start a design career because at that time I was in playing music. So that memory was really great because I was just so overwhelmed by the beauty of that hotel and just mm-hmm. the way that they had done the design that I was really sort of reflecting on the fact that I think I wanted to go back into uh, design and finish my school because I had dropped out. Mm, so that was like a, almost like a pivotal moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm. Super pivotal. <laughs> <laughs> I think it made me realize what my career path was going to be. Mm-hmm. So. And what about the third one? Oh, man. I have the worst memory. I feel like if I talked to the aliens or to the the AI or the robots that took over, I'd be like, can you just give me the power of a better memory? (laughs) That would be great because my memory sucks. It's so bad. Um, I have so many moments in my life. And it's really funny because I think... You forget a lot of things Mm -hmm. as you go through. And when you reflect back, it's like almost my brain freezes because it doesn't remember any one specific thing. I've just had a really great and interesting life. And I feel like my life has been, I've been pretty lucky in the the experiences that I've had and the people that I've met. I'd say another experience that I, I really loved was when I traveled to Italy with my parents when I was really young. That was one of my my favorite favorite times you're just so like open to experiences it's just experiencing another culture and not really having your full confidence yet and then meeting you know people from abroad and really starting to build on your confidence as a as a young woman that was really really great yeah I don't know I think that's it do you remember when you went to Italy with your parents? Yeah. If you can like dig deeper into that memory, kind of like if we take a time castle back. Yeah. And then you're in Italy with your parents. Were there any like layers in that memory you can like, like bring out? Specific things? Yeah. You're like, oh, wow, that was really, really interesting. That really opened my, opened opened up my, my horizon. Mind. Yeah. Um, I think because of the arts and the architecture, I think like I've always loved architecture so much and for me as a designer I'm not necessarily just I don't just look at graphic work like I think I was thinking about this the other day to me I'm not always just soaking in graphic design it's it's everything it's everything to do with design whether it's art architecture culture sculpture um, experiential there's just so many different facets and I think being in Italy and being surrounded by the beautiful architecture and landscape it was so incredibly inspiring and I think that you can take those moments of inspiration and really utilize it in your sort of like everyday work and so Mm -hmm. I think it was just being surrounded by so much beauty that Mm -hmm. was what really made that impression on me but then also spending time with my parents because I love them so much (laughs) okay sorry that wasn't really rapid because I joined in (laughs) and asked okay (laughs) the other questions Now, the same scenario, but like three truths or three wisdoms that you can share with yourself after the brainwash process or you can share with other people. Three wisdoms? Mm-hmm. Um, my first wisdom is, I would say, 
try not to care too much. I think that we are now a part of a culture that cares so much about what's going on on the surface that we're forgetting about what's more important for ourselves. And I think it's creating a lot of social anxiety and a lot of anxieties in human beings. And we have to understand that what certain people present to us in the world is not necessarily what's reality for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be definitely wisdom number one is just mm-hmm. know, know where it's coming from. That no yeah. matter what people present to you, it's there's always something in the background. We're all human, right? Yeah. It's like no such thing is perfect. Yeah. With social media, with digital era right now we're living in, we intend to really compare our lows with other people's highlights. Yeah. And that's really toxicating. I mean, even sometimes I can call myself you're just scrolling Instagram nonstop. Yeah. And then I start realize I don't even remember why I'm here. Totally. It's like you just constantly, you're almost addicted to that action. Like you, like a, a toilet paper. You just keep scrolling, scrolling. You're like, I want to see the end. You yeah. want to just see more and more. And then you don't realize you're actually being stimulated by other people's highlights. And then you start feeling bad for yourself. At Absolutely. least sometimes I do that. Yeah, I think that that's why it's creating a lot of anxiety in humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also a huge part of why I struggle with memory too, because it's just you're constantly being inundated with things. Right. It's really hard. So the second piece of wisdom to follow that is to try to distract yourself less, refine your focus. You How know? do you do that? I think... Sorry, this is not ripping. <laughs> I know, that's it. <laughs> Getting very interesting, so I, I know, can't, totally. can't just let it go. It's hard, but I think you find the things that really have value and what you believe has value for yourself, and you focus on those things a little bit deeper mm-hmm. or a little bit more in depth. I find that because there is so much distraction and there's just so much stimulation, you just constantly bounce from thing to thing to thing. So what I've been trying to do is really just focus on certain things that really stimulate me and try to go a little bit deeper. So instead of spending two minutes on something, spending five or 10 minutes on something, whether it's reading about the latest art show or reading about different artists and architects and sculptors and furniture designers or whatever it is, just diving a little bit deeper and trying to retain that knowledge because Mm. I have to force myself to do that because you're just constantly being you know, stimulated from every angle. Right. So instead of like going like horizontally, you're yeah. more like going vertically. <laughs> Don't just go right down. Yeah, that's really interesting. Never yeah. thought about that. Um, but and, it's a hard yeah. thing to do because it's so easy to get distracted, right? Mm. So, and this is a very recent thing. So I'm not, I'm not even trying to pretend like I've done this for a long time. <laughs> do you find it helpful? Absolutely. I think you have to force yourself to just to focus so that you actually can retain that. And I also want to share my knowledge with people. So if I go a little bit deeper and I understand things a little bit further, then you have the power to share that knowledge too because you know more about it. You become a bit more of an expert on that topic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. That kind of leads to my other questions, but I'm going to come back later. Okay. So what's the third true or wisdom? The third piece of wisdom? Oh, do we get to the second one? Or yeah, that was the second one. That, the first one led into the second one, and now we're going to the third. Talking about memory, yeah, that mind exactly. is definitely worse. So um, what's the third one? I think my third one is to really build solid friendships. I think as I get older, the more I realize how much the people that I surround myself with are important to me, and not just from you know a pure humanistic point of view, because we all need love and relationships and friends and family and stuff like that. But also from an inspiration standpoint, I have lots of super talented friends that I'm so proud of. And they're incredibly inspiring to me from musicians to artists to, I mean, I know so many amazing people. Um, I think you really just need to hold on to those people and value them the best of your ability because that's that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And how do you nurture these friendships when we're in day-to-day busy life. I know, it's hard. I haven't hard. seen my friends for like two weeks and That's, I realized, wow, that it's been a while. It's really hard to get people together. It is hard, especially as you get older, I think. But you have to force it. I mean, you know, we try as much as we can to, you know, it's not like forcing them to come over, but just... Right. You, know, you, you have know, to be here come tonight. Come now. Yeah. <laughs> come no on. choice. No choice. Come now. I think it's just consistently putting the invites out there, I think the reason why um, Matt and I took over this home or, you know, decided to, to move here is because it is a house that can entertain. 
And I've always wanted that. I've always wanted the house where people can come in and out with the open door. I think that that to me is something that I love. It's like, just come on over. Like we've got Mm -hmm. food in the fridge. We've always got beer in the fridge. Like we just want people to experience our home with us, but also you know so nice yeah for the listener who don't know matt is that's my boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) the person six foot six animator yeah he's really tall oh my goodness (laughs) i know i love it he chose to leave the house for us to have a quiet home to record us he is very sweet it's very nice of him um but my business partner kirsten gautier she also has that attitude and i really admired that about her when i first met her she is so incredibly warm and inviting and I just really admired that and when I first met her she's the kind of person that's like come on over like don't even give me a call just like doors open always and it's yeah it's such a fantastic attitude you know what I mean it's not precious it's like you want to share your life with people who you find you know that value in Maybe the next ones will be faster. <laughs> There's more want- rapid fire? Oh my God, so stressful. <laughs> Is it? No, let's don't be stressful. I love it though. It's good. Um, what's your recent favorite film? Oh man, uh, Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs is my recent favorite film. Okay. Matt animated part of it. He did a lot of the 2D animation in oh. the movie. Um, yeah, we saw it a couple months ago. and So you love it, but not because he's part of it. Well, mostly because <laughs> yeah, he's, But it's a, an incredible movie. Right, it's right, a really right. beautifully well-done movie. So, oh, nice. Yeah, it's a Wes Anderson film. Oh, wow. Um, you know, things that he does, it's really, really crazy. Just like anything from the textures of the dog's fur to, right. you know, how he animates a fight scene with cotton clouds. Like there's mm. just so many amazing aspects to how they put together this film and the amount of time it takes i admire it so much um matt was telling me about his days so a 15 hour day equals probably about a three second um, piece of animation three to five seconds it's just incredibly hard to get to that level of professionalism it's almost like the behind the scene takes so much work but it's not totally really you just don't see shown. it yeah yeah you don't see it you don't see Three the seconds, amount of work that goes like into blink it. of eye and that's yeah. it the level of work that goes into it and then what you don't see and then the, the end product it's just so far from each other mm-hmm. and you watch it and you think holy crap like this is so beautiful it's so well done but it's been you know months and months and months and months of just like meticulous laborious work of just slight little movements that create Mm -hmm. these beautiful animated scenes so so seeing matt your boyfriend so particularly detail and create work that takes so much effort and time and patience yes does that kind of inspire you or help you in your own work i don't develop some something there i admire him and i really appreciate what he does there's so much admiration for what his craft is about and how much time he takes but i cannot do that (laughs) it does not influence me at all because i feel like design is a little bit different in the sense that you do need to take the time but to be able to work on one sequence of animation for hours and hours and hours and days on end i think i would go crazy I just couldn't do that. <laughs> I need like quick fire, like constant stimulation, like things that just... Yeah. Yeah. It's a totally different approach. But it's interesting that self-awareness you have here. You yeah. understand that it's not you. Oh, it's not for me. Yeah. Did you know <laughs> that so much. from early on? Like that self-awareness of like what stimulates you, you're more like quick kind of person. Absolutely. Project-based kind of person. Yes. Yes. Totally. From the very beginning, the onset of my career, I just knew that I don't fuss on something for an incredibly long period of time. I like to make decisions. I like to get things done. That's kind of how I approach my work. I absolutely do love having time to do things well and to create beautiful things. You need time, money, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Of just It's kind of like a triangle, right? Because you just pointed out, it kind of reminds me of a triangle, yeah. like I'm trying to time, money, the- and and your there's talent. like a third one there's a third one i can't remember can we google this something on a podcast have you ever done that before no let's do it <laughs> yeah sorry guys so let's do that efficiency triangle no oh, that's not it either the triangle of creativity the productivity triangle the triangle of work <laughs> are we gonna get oh that is definitely not it Oh, no. 
It's work, relationship, and self-care. Oh, no. <laughs> Time. No, I'm very curious now. Money or... I'm just going to Google that and see what it is. Okay. I think I'm closer. Are you? There you go. Yay! Okay. So this is the productivity triangle. It's You have to choose two. So it's either time and money or time and quality. Does that make sense to you? It does, actually. So you can't have something that's good unless you either have one of those two things. Oh, okay. So, of course, the ideal situation would be you have time, money, and quality. Yes, that, that would, would be, be the complete triangle. Yeah, that would be, and it never happens. It never happens. Yeah, <laughs> we can't expect that because that's just too perfect. Exactly. Yeah, time but- is always an issue these days. I feel like the concept of time and what people understand in terms of time and what it takes to do something really mm-hmm. well right it's not appreciated as much anymore which yeah. is really sad but it's the way the world works it's that i would what we talked about that rapid fire right. not just questions but just right. people are just looking for stimulation and they're looking for things to be done so quickly because the world is constantly just looking for new things Last one, mm-hmm. a love note to a future self. Ooh, that's a really good one. Do you want me to talk about what I would say in my love note? Yeah. I would say in my love note to my future self, don't be so hard on yourself. Appreciate the things that you've accomplished in your life, no matter whether you've had great success or great failure. And don't ever compromise what you want for what other people want what I would say. Wow, that's beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now let's go back. Okay. You talk about you're really close with your parents. Yeah, absolutely. Did you live with them for a long time till you moved out or? Um, I lived with them. Actually, this is the funny part. I lived with them up until they left me and abandoned me to live in California. Really? <laughs> yeah. You were living in Toronto? In Toronto, yeah. And then they went to California? And they went to California. They were like, see you later. Really? Yeah. How old were you? I was probably um, early 20s, oh, I think. Wow. Um, yeah. So they're like, now you're past 18, you're yeah, in yeah. adulthood, we can just you. Leave got you. this, totally. Um, but yeah, we lived together until I was, you know, in my late teens. I think that that's pretty standard for, for people. And then I, I came to Toronto. I've been living in Toronto my whole 20s and you know, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the city. It's a lot of amazing things that it has to offer. So Right. Mm-hmm. And then you moved to California. Was that because of your parents moved there? or That was because of a boyfriend. Just so happened that my parents were living there, which was great. It was awesome that we could be together. Right. But yeah, it was decisions made as an early 20-something in love with a rock and roll band mem- member. So, <laughs> so you, and then you also talk about you love music. Was that kind of like... Because you loved music, and then that boyfriend at the time was in a band, Bond happened then. Yeah, absolutely. I've played the piano since I was a, a kid, so since I was about five years old, I've been playing, and I was classically trained. Um, I met this guy who was in a rock and roll band. How did you meet him? We just, were, we met at a party, he complimented my shoes, made me <laughs> made me giggle, so I was... <laughs> just all all kind of came together and yeah we decided to move to california and we play music it was funny i dropped out of college i was at ocad played music in la for three years had a blast did some pretty amazing things So now in California, having a great time, making some awesome friendships, Kayla feels she needs to make a shift, and a pivotal moment has changed her life. If you remember the three memories Kayla shared earlier, one of them was when she walked into the hotel in California and witnessed all the amazing designs. That really awakens her inner desire for design. When do you think the 
desire or the love for design start coming together because you went to advertising, you studied music, yeah, and then you play piano. So it didn't seem like the thread was there.、Yeah. So now looking back, when do you think that seed was planted? Um, I think that seed was planted at a pretty young age because I I was always no matter what I was doing, even if I was playing music or if I was at school studying advertising, I was always painting or drawing or just doing something that was sort of within that creative discipline. So, and I always appreciated design and it was about absorbing design in different ways. And I think for me, it's about. The appreciation of arts and culture and all those different things that come together to make、uh, a really cohesive story. Because design isn't just, as I said, about graphics. It's about so much more than that.、Mm-hmm. It's about the things that you surround yourself with, and、um, yeah. So I just I, I was always creative in that sense. It wasn't until I think that last year in California that I really saw the potential of what design could be beyond just. 2D and beyond paper and beyond the computer, it's about experience and environment and aesthetics and interior design and all those different things that come together、mm. that that really inspired me. So, so that was more like pivotal as we talk about also like a ha moment.、Mm-hmm. Totally. Kind of all the seeds now start growing. Yeah, that's really interesting. So after finishing her design degree at Okai University, Kayla got her first job in a small agency. It was full of dudes, all men. It was a really fun first job. I think that I just like really missed female influence、mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. So I ended up quitting that job about a year in. And the day that I quit, I met this gentleman at a bar, Mark Puchala, who was married to a woman, Michelle Donnelly, who's a creative director. And he told me that she was looking for designers. And it was really happenstance that I actually, on the day that I quit, I met him, and he said, "You need to really meet my wife. She's an amazing creative director. She's really talented,、oh. and she's looking for people."、Um, and yeah, I ended up contacting them. Had an interview with Michelle Donnelly about a week later、wow. at this company called Jackman Reinvents, and she hired me. She gave me a chance, which was really amazing, because I was so inexperienced. Yeah, but that's yeah. so interesting, eh? It's、yeah. like the timing was perfect. The timing was really perfect. So if we can pause that here for a little bit、mm-hmm. for people who are in a job, because you were mentioning you're in that first job doing something, you feel like something was not right. It wasn't right, no. Yeah, but then how did you gain that strength or? To lead to that decision to pursue something else, because some people might be in that tornado yeah, of like trying to make that decision. Or, yeah, exactly.、Um, it was purely. I had a bit of that sense of like I had energy. I had that sort of like being young on my side. You could take those risks. So I was less adverse to risk at that time because I just feel like when you're in your twenties, you just feel like things are going to work out. And I just had that feeling, but I've all—I think I've always kind of made decisions based on a feeling that I've had, because I'm the kind of person that can't compromise how I feel for something. You know what I mean? So if、right. I'm unhappy in a job or if I'm not feel like it's the right situation, I don't really have a problem walking away. And maybe that's risky. I don't know, but I just feel like, as as creatives or for anybody really, you shouldn't compromise how you feel. For a job, it is、right. just a job. At the end of the day, and there will be other opportunities. There will be other things out there that will create your livelihood. Yeah, and then when、time. you quit that day, happened to have an opportunity there for you. But did you have any plan or any backup plan? No, anything. None. No. So you just figure I quit. And I then- was just gonna figure it out. Right. But I always. This is the thing too. Is I used to serve, so I always thought in my mind, like, all right, well, if this doesn't work out, then you can always go back to serving. It's not the ideal situation, but it's kind of always there. I had always sort of had a background job just to sort of subsidize、right. myself and like、mm-hmm. to have to make a little bit more money. And I don't think I'd ever go back to it again. But if I ever had to, that's something that's always there. But I just, I always just thought that something would work out, and it always has. And I don't want to sound. <laughs> I should knock on wood. <laughs> I'm knocking on wood right now, because、um, yeah. it may not always be that way. But I just feel like I've kind of allowed my path to form my way. You know、mm-hmm. what I mean? 
like I've always just followed my gut instinct. I think right. that's the most important part is that there's a certain feeling and an, and an intuitiveness that allows me to make those choices and they've worked out so far. So that's that's a really great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you really balance lucky. between as a creative, we usually have like that negotiation with ourselves, the being realistic and being idealistic. Yeah. So do you find that fine balance? Like how do you sometimes what kind of questions would you ask yourself yeah, when absolutely. you want to follow that intuition? I think you always have to have a sense of realism and you need to be grounded in those decisions for sure. Like even if I am making those risky decisions, I always sort of in my mind know, you know, you still have to be practical about money. Like we all need money to survive. So Mm -hmm. you can't just be whimsical about those choices. But um, it's just a balance of intuition, realism, but also just knowing that if you're not happy, you need to make a choice. You need to make a change. It's just you know, it's not sustainable and people get stuck a lot of the time, I think, because they feel like they don't have any other options. But I think if you approach it in a different way and you realize that there are lots of options out there, you just have to open yourself up to possibility mm-hmm. that, um, you know, great things can happen. It's pretty, yeah. pretty phenomenal. Try and figure out how you can make that change for yourself. You just, I think I've always just had that conversation in my head of like, you need to make a change. What are you going to do? Let's figure this out so that you don't feel that stuck. With the tendency to embrace the unknown, Kayla has been offered a new opportunity. So I ended up getting hired at Jackman Reinvents, Michelle Donnelly. I considered her uh, a mentor. She saw something in me. My portfolio was super weak at the time. It was pretty, pretty brutal reflecting back on it. Did you ever ask her? what she saw in yeah you? yeah uh, well no i never asked her what she saw me but I, I asked her what she thought of my my portfolio and she told me honestly which was really funny um you know it wasn't great <laughs> i was like okay that's totally fair i felt like it wasn't great but your portfolio is only as great as opportunity allows i think and at that time the first job wasn't the most ideal job so i didn't really have work that i was proud of you know So I struggled with that for a really long time of just not really having work that I felt really proud that I could present to the world. But maybe it was just we got along and there's just sort of that personality click that happened. So, you know, it's who knows? It's just the power of the day. She she saw something and she hired me. And I was so grateful for that opportunity because at Jackman, I met my business partners and a whole ton of other amazing people that you know, I still carry my friendships through to this day. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was an awesome experience. How did you stay there for? Four years. Four years. Yeah. And then? And then as of November of 2016, after they did some pretty major layoffs, I was one of the last men standing in the creative department. And so I just felt like it was time to make a change. So on November 1st, I put in my notice and said, I'm going to take take a chance at freelance. So mm. I talked to the creative director at the time and I just said, um, yeah, I'm going to really try to go, go on my own and see what happens. And they were super supportive of that. And they actually helped to float me some work as I transitioned from my full-time job into freelance. freelance. What did you feel like that was lacking then? Because... You hadn't been laid off yet. What was the things that you feel like was lacking or something you feel like you want to pursue more and wasn't there that you decided to give your notice? Um, I think what was lacking for me was a bit of a sense of creative ownership. Not to discount you know, what my experience was there because I had a lot of amazing experiences. I was really craving just a little bit more ownership over the projects and speed uh, expediting because projects could take from six months to a year and beyond Mm -hmm. sometimes so it's really long between and this is something that we talked about before it's just Mm -hmm. you know I like things that are you know done and executed and you know you can express that creativity really quickly right just part of the reason why I love working um, at public office is because we really do have a chance to do some pretty fun work and really great work but you know on a I think on a speedier level. I looked around 
And I realized that it was just time to to move on. And I'd been there for four years. Mm -hmm. And I think that as a creative person, you need to make changes and shifts. And I think that that I, it's not just me. That's a pretty shared attitude of just to refresh every once in a while. And mm-hmm. I kind of loved the idea of being scared, which is really weird. I loved the idea of the unknown, of not knowing That's where my really, future was yeah, going to yeah, be with yeah. freelance. Yeah. It, I found it kind of riveting, <laughs> which is really funny. That's really fascinating. And I think that's really important. Myself included, sometimes we get scared of the... The um, fear itself. Yeah, the yeah. fear itself. And then we have all these like possibilities that might happen yeah. already shamed in our mind. Totally. Sometimes think it's not even happening yet. Yeah. Why you already have all these thoughts in your head, but those thoughts keep constantly coming before I even make a decision. Yeah. So I think that kind of interesting that you mentioned every time you feel like you're too comfortable, you want to... Feel that fear. Yeah, fear again. And that kind of drives you yeah. more. Um, the fear totally drove me to work really, really hard. Yeah. So you were freelance for how long? I was freelance from November right up until we started public office. So November to September. And I did really well for myself. Yeah. Um, and I think in that few months of working freelance, my confidence grew so much. Um, my sense of self grew so much. My understanding of, of how to deal with clients and also realizing that I really knew how to build those relationships, which was great because that's a huge part of it mm-hmm. is that you need to be able to sell yourself as a freelancer. And how did I didn't, you realize you could do that? And then how do you do that? Yeah, I because I didn't have that confidence mm-hmm. before. I think at Jackman, I always relied on other people to be able to do that for me. So right. I never really had that chance. And during my freelancing, I had to do that for myself because you have to go out there and meet clients and tell them your worth and mm-hmm. really sell them on the projects because if you can't, you're not going to get those jobs. Yeah, so I... Just remember being so nervous with my first client, like to the point where I was just like bumbling over my words. Right. Do you remember where did you meet the first client in a coffee shop or? I met one of my first clients actually at their office. Okay. Can I take us through that day? Sure. I remember being really particular but what I wore that day and I was like okay now I'm a professional woman I need to what did you wear I remember going to Jonathan Olivia and buying a white button-up shirt because I was like okay I have to look professional and kind of feminine but not too feminine not too masculine so I bought a beautiful silk shirt and I wore a pair of jeans and just a nice pair of heels and um like a fuzzy I think it was a horse's atelier like sweater jacket thing yeah so I had I had my bag and I was meticulous about my laptop and like just brought you know I brought my deck that I was going to show them to to try and sell them on some of my work and I remember walking in and being so nervous and just like sweaty palms I went to the bathroom first to do like a lipstick check and make sure that all my hair and everything was in order and then yeah I met the client and the first five to ten minutes were so brutal because I was so nervous and I hadn't had the opportunity to really be client facing and try to and it's hard to sell yourself too right mm-hmm. like you're trying to sell them on the work that you do and right give them the reasons why they should hire you so i was just a bumbling fool and then you know within about five to ten minutes and just sort of getting into the rhythm of it i started to really calm mm. and then i started to really sell myself and i kind of had this outer out of body experience because i was kind of watching myself pitch me to these clients right? and it was such a surreal experience and they were really getting into it and they were actually really like admiring the work and really reacting well to it yeah which was awesome to feel and by the end of it they were super stoked and they were like yeah all right we're super excited to work Mm. with you and I walked away and I was like yes (laughs) like did the whole like ear punch yeah (laughs) oh my god that's so cute I was so excited um, because it was pretty significant, like it's a yeah. significant amount of work for a you know a freelance designer. So, if you wanted to you know be freelancer, you really have to know how to sell yourself. Totally, you really have to know what's your worth and then how you present your work, and then cater to the client, yeah. and then be confident. And that confidence is really hard because you, now you're not just talking about how talented your friend is. Yeah, you're talking about yourself. Yourself, and you like. 
Yeah, hire me. I'm、yeah. this person you need to hire. That's so scary. It is super scary. Yeah, but you know, you do it again and again and again, and every time it gets easier. And、um, I started presenting well, and I'm terrified of public speaking.、Um, but I spoke in front of a group of like 35 to 40 people the other day, and it was fine. And I was like, this is just a product of maturity. Confidence, knowing who you are, knowing what you have to offer,、mm-hmm. and then having something to say about the work that you do because you're so impassioned by it. Right. So it just gets easier to anybody out there who feels、yeah. like they have anxiety speaking in public or anxiety selling themselves. It comes. It just、right. you need patience and you need to just continuously do it and just keep practicing. Just keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> just keep selling yourself. <laughs> <laughs> keep selling. And sometimes I think. As you also just shared your first client pitch, you're almost kind of like out of body experience. Yeah, I think sometimes it makes it easier if you can kind of like play a different persona. I、totally. mean, you still be yourself, still be authentic to who you are. But it's like David Bowie; he has、yeah. so many, he has so many personalities, but they all kind of like drawn back to him. Yeah. So it's like if you're like introvert, like me, sometimes I feel like. You kind of have to bring that persona in, and then to、mm-hmm. be able to kind of gain that confidence. If、yeah. that's how you do it, yeah, yeah, it makes that makes total sense to me. It's almost like you have to sort of straighten up, <laughs> pull your shoulders down, take a deep breath, and、right. just let her go. Totally remove all ego, and just kind of like I think for me, it's about yeah, it's about a persona. It's、um, I have a few reminders before I actually start talking. In、um, situations where I have to either present something or、uh, maybe speak to you know a number of people,、mm-hmm. it's that deep breath that really helps, and then to、yeah. remind myself to just slow it down. Right, because I have a tendency, and maybe this is something that other people have as well, to kind of just speak and speak very quickly,、mm-hmm. and it doesn't give my brain a chance to catch up. So I think that's where I get into trouble. So you just have to. Slow it down, right? And I also love you mentioned you let your ego go because sometimes it's not not about you anymore. Yeah,、right? you kind of have to see that when you give public speaking, when you give that group of、uh, people who are listening to you, it's more like what they are trying to get out of this.、Yeah. Sometimes, like if you put yourself aside, that may be easier. Yeah, and I think you have to also recognize that if you fuck up or if you do something wrong or not wrong, but if you Not、Maybe your embarrass yourself、yeah. or whatever. It's like who cares? You you may never see these people again. First of all, right. Second of all, you're human, and if you you know get past it or beyond it, they won't even remember and they won't even care. And if they do remember, it's just it is what it is. You can't be upset by that. I've just realized that you have to care as less as you possibly can about、right. how much you know what people think about you. And if you really do mess up, it's not a big deal. Everybody、yeah. does. It's、totally. just part of being that, human being, yeah, a vulnerable human.、Mm-hmm. So embrace、yeah. it. So I think last I want to tackle is public office. Yeah. So how did you and Lindsay meet? Ah,、uh, so Lindsay was one of the people that I met at Jackman. That's how that's、yeah. how we met. She was a, a producer at Jackman. We had a very small opportunity to work with each other, but we really clicked. We had sneaky. After work cigarettes, sometimes I would, I would, bum, I would bum them off of her every once in a while if I was super stressed out because that job could get pretty stressful sometimes. Yeah.、Um, so we kind of had like a once in a while shared outdoor cigarette and powwow about all the happenings in the office. She's incredibly bright and talented and supportive, and I think couldn't ask for a better business partner、mm-hmm. for your first first time business. Fast forward to me freelancing, and she was working、um, at Canada Goose, and we had both been having simultaneous conversations with Kirsten Gauthier, and、uh, yeah, I think she was looking for something where she had a bit of ownership. I was looking for something where I had a bit of ownership, and where we could sort of lead the charge.、Mm-hmm. Um, we were over certain things like the bureaucracy. We were over a lot of different. Things that present themselves in a business that's not your own, right? And、uh, yeah, we ended up just putting it out there into the universe, and the universe came back to us with this opportunity, and、mm-hmm. we both were like, "Let's do it. We're、yeah. gonna do this." Yeah, 
And as I share with you and Lindsay, when I met you guys, it was really a love at first sight, almost kind of like superficial. But <laughs> I was drawn to the aesthetic. I was drawn Amazing. to what you putting out there in the universe. I needed that. I needed. I needed that aesthetic, that taste, nice. that sensibility that mm-hmm. you guys are bringing in there. So, what things that or goals that you and Lindsay have for public office that you want to achieve by bringing this company to the world? We have a lot of things that we want to do. I think a lot of things that we want to do in the next year. And this last year of business has been so incredible, and we've had such amazing opportunities, and we have some really fantastic clients. Is to just continuously do really good work, and we have to be sort of nimble and and fast because there's a lot happening right now. There's a lot of shift and change in the industry, and a lot of uncertainty that's happening because mm. the big model agencies are no longer as sustainable. We're seeing so much on a daily basis changing with that whole landscape. So to remain competitive, I think our low overhead, the fact that we have a really wide network of very talented people that we Mm -hmm. work with, just the overall good vibes, like there's just a lot of really great things about the company. And so for our, our next year business is to continue on that path to not lose track or lose sight of why we started this and you know, why did you start it? I think that we hear a lot of negativity about people's work experiences and sort mm-hmm. of the kinds of things that they have to deal with as employees. And we want to empower the people that we employ and we mm-hmm. want them to be happy because at the end of the day, this is a huge part of your life. You're at work, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week or beyond right. that. Like, right. And I think if you don't have a sense of balance and happiness in the workplace, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to discount anybody else's experience. I don't think that's the point. But the point is we want to just shift that attitude and show that you can have a really awesome place to work and have right. people be happy in the place that they work and be respectful and do a great job if you respect them in return. Right. Um, so what kind of things, like tangible things, you'll be doing differently that kind of bring good vibes? And then what kind of things like team building or anything that you'll be doing that kind of like our team building is going to the park and drinking rosé with pizza (laughs) that sounds so good I know it's pretty awesome because we are such a small team Mm -hmm. there's four of us it's easy to communicate with each other and I think that that's a huge part of it is just constantly communicating you have to talk that's a part of it also you can't get angry I think anger and aggression is a really toxic thing I think passive aggression is a toxic thing you have to be sort of diplomatic and in how you talk to people mm-hmm. um, you have to hear them out you have to understand why you have to be empathetic not right. apathetic uh, there's many different things I think to create that successful working relationship and to show that there is you can be different in how you approach the work environment we create some really great work and I think we're going to continue to create that really great work in the next year mm-hmm. and our goals is to also talk to people outside of public office so create Mm -hmm. workshops we also want to do some panel discussions and maybe bring in other women entrepreneurs to Mm -hmm. talk about their experiences and share their experiences with people who are maybe looking for a career Mm -hmm. shift or you know want to understand how what it means to start a business so um, we're really interested in that we're interested in doing portfolio reviews so Mm -hmm. lots of different initiatives for the next year yeah that sounds really great Mm -hmm. before you want to take more ownership in your work Mm -hmm. and then now you started a public office so now how can you constantly still seeking for that challenge that you know that fear that kind of like stimulate you because mm-hmm. you as a person you share before wanted to have that challenges wanted to have um, those uh, fear to kind of motivate you to go further mm-hmm. so now it's kind of like stable of course there are more exciting things happening but how do you do that to kind of give yourself excited right I think there is still a sense and I don't want to say fear there's a sense of Um, constant anticipation of what's going to happen next. And that's what keeps it really exciting because you're now a business owner. And so there is a lot of responsibility on your shoulder. You have the responsibility of keeping the doors open and, you know, being able to pay your employees and being able to keep the space. So that anticipation of what's next, where, where can we draw a new business? Like how can we pull more business from our current clients? You're just constantly thinking about, all of those different things simultaneously as you're doing the work. So there's really no time to chill. (laughs) You're just, you're constantly thinking and constantly scheming on how to be successful. And 
yeah, I think that that's what keeps it really exciting. Mm-hmm. It's just thinking of new ideas and, you know, we're always bouncing things off of each other. Like, you know, what if it's this or what if it's, right. you know, that and some mm-hmm. of them, some of them stick, some of them don't. I think that's what creates a really exciting feeling. So I guess my last question mm-hmm. is what are you currently seeking? What am I currently seeking just in terms of my career or for public office? Seeking personally and seeking for public office. Mm. Okay. I'm currently seeking to constantly, uh, I'm seeking to be better on like constant basis. I think for me, it's challenging myself to, uh, to always just be a better designer, be a better art director. I feel like from a creative perspective, there's a lot of th- great things that I have to offer. But at the end of the day, there's always room for improvement. And I feel like I'm always looking to improve on what it is that I do because you can never stop learning. So I just seek the knowledge. I seek the inspiration. Yeah, I think I'm not going to be satisfied until I get to... I don't think I'll ever be satisfied, actually. <laughs> I think Sounds morbid, but until the day we die, I Until guess. the day we die. Yeah, I think... Um, that's just the nature of being being who I am. And I feel like I don't think that I'm the most amazing designer. There's no there's there's no room for that kind of ego. I think it's just being open to um, other people's ideas and to really rely on the people who make you better. Right. So I look at my my team and I look at the designers that I work with and I really acknowledge their talent. I see that without them, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing because they're constantly inspiring me as well but yeah I think just seek to be better always cool yeah that's it okay cool thank you so much that was so much fun I hope it's good thank you for listening I had so much fun chatting with Kayla please head to Apple Podcast and leave us a review if you like you can also meet us on Spotify and Instagram at Dear Seekers as always, the photos taken by my friend Ryu from our home visit are also now on DearSeekers.com. And just a friendly reminder, our first buffet event will be held on September 20th. You can write something like this on your calendar. The day I will meet an awesome stranger. Or the night I will open my story to a group of seekers. Hope to see you there. Uh, more details will be on DearSeekers.com. So see you in two weeks. Until then, happy seeking.